Welcome to another episode of Fight the Burnout, where we give you information and we interview people, law enforcement, first responders, military from all around the world to give you information on how they fight burnout, tips and tricks, and uh, just have conversations. Uh, we do have programs, obviously, that help uh, counteract burnout, prevent it. Uh, we do it for police departments and also individuals. If you want to learn more, go to createfromwhy.com. That's createfromwhy.com. Uh, and find out more you can always send us an email at createfromy at gmail.com and we're more than happy to help you out send you in the right directions and uh, do whatever we can to help make sure that you keep uh, loving what you do every single day like it was the first day so today we have a special guest he is a retired security and law enforcement leader um, air force police um, done a lot of stuff he'll tell us all about it i'm excited to interview him uh, it is his first podcast, which is awesome. I love it when when we get to, you know, pop people's cherry um, <laughs> about the uh, getting them on podcasts. Uh, and so without further ado, Randy uh, Gernhart, I believe I pronounced that right. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background? Um, I know you've got a lot of experience with law enforcement, both within military and outside of military. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, so I'm a 26-year law enforcement veteran. Uh, my um, titles have included Reserve Deputy Sheriff. I was a patrolman for two agencies, uh, civilian agencies. And I was also uh, an Army uh, military police officer in the National Guard uh, and a Security Forces member for U.S. Air Force Reserve. Uh, 2006, I went full-time into the uh, Air Force Reserve. Uh, and move my way up the ranks. And uh, my last law enforcement position was as a, a deputy chief um, and uh, overseeing uh, the organization training and equipment uh, of 37 organizations with around 5,000 uh, law enforcement personnel. Um, during that time, some of my duties included uh, presidential protection. So the you know, Secret Service would work with us, uh, or actually we would work with them you know, because they're always in charge. <laughs> I know how that um, is. Yeah, I've worked alongside them here in New Zealand. They came over when Biden was vice president. And yeah, you, you're working alongside them, not them, you. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And then other large scale events like air shows uh, where hundreds of thousands of people come to see all, all these different aircraft. And uh, we would have to secure um, multiple aircraft, multiple uh, people, uh, parking, traffic, uh, which... We didn't do it alone. We did it with all these uh, local, uh, state, federal uh, law enforcement agencies uh, to make sure everything ran smooth. Um, also during this time, I was a volunteer fireman and uh, emergency medical technician. Uh, so throw all that in together. <laughs> and, You're a very uh, busy a man. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so April 1st this year, I retired uh, from the uh, military. Uh, so right now I am uh, just chillaxing. Um, I decided to take a few months for myself um, and redo my resume. And then probably August timeframe, I'm going to put my resume back out there, fix up my LinkedIn and uh, see what's, see what's out there. Who needs me? That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I love it, Randy. Uh, so obviously you've done a lot. You've seen a lot. Uh, before we get started, I always ask this. I always like to ask this question. Sometimes I forget, but I always like to ask it. Uh, especially from somebody who's been in, you know, and around the realm for this long, what would you, what would your definition of burnout be? So, um, 
I failed it at my, my last position. Um, I got to a point where I found myself and I didn't, I didn't realize it at first. I, I just felt like I was in a funk. Uh, but eventually I realized I was going through the motions. I would, I'd be okay. I have to be at work at seven 30, be at work at seven 30. Okay. Leave at five, leave at five. Um, what did I do today? I don't really know. I just kind of went through the motions. Um, I stopped really thinking. Um, and, and in some cases, uh, it would take me a little longer to think about things. Um, I, I used to have answers quickly. Um, but now I, I reached that point where I just couldn't, couldn't think straight. And all I can think about was, um, you know, I, I've been doing this for so long. I've been uh, dependent on uh, by many people. Um, I, I get called all hours of the night, weekends, uh, to the point where I was really, I never felt like I was off. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I got to that point where I was, I was a little over a year out from my promotion board, my next promotion board. And I had no interest. I, I decided at that point, I'm done. I, I have nothing more to offer and I need to, I need to make a change. Uh, and, and also for my health, because uh, I, I saw my, it was affecting my health. Uh, so I needed to uh, get out. So uh, I put in my retirement and you know, had a couple of people talk to me and say, hey, we really need you. Can you stay? And I said, you know, I'd love to. I, I know there's people that need me, but it can't just be me all the time. Um, other people need to step up. Yeah. So that 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 energy drain that that I just don't have anything else left in me. Kind of right. thing. What do you believe were the key components that got you to that point? Uh like a 24-7 operation um, over um, over requesting um, for you know information from me for my people um, overthinking uh, working you know up to 20 hour days um, always always trying to get that that last bit of work done but realizing hey there's going to be more work tomorrow so and and not not only that, but always working shorthanded. So yeah. that you know, always always took an effect. When you say the shorthanded, just explain that explain more like obviously you're a deputy chief, you're at that high, high level. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I know the people at the bottom, you always hear it. I mean, even when I was at the bottom, I'm sure when you were at the bottom, it was like, Oh my god, we need more staff. And you know, there's always the bosses, you know, why can't they just get us more people at that level? Explain what you mean at that level by um, shorthanded. So um, you have um, a at, so at my last um, level, you you have um, your allotted manpower, and that's what you're set at, um, and you have to do all of your work, even with the increased requirements that are thrown at you. <clears throat> excuse me um you're still expected to do all that work with the same amount of people uh so what we eventually did is 
we had a fight for it, of course, and uh, we added several positions. Um, actually, um, and it's not just me. You know, we we had a team work this, and we added, oh, I, I want to say, probably 400 positions um, over the course of uh, a couple of years um, to to help all of our our organizations and our our headquarters element um, to make sure that we had uh, some more able bodies. Uh, alleviate the stress that was going on uh, with everybody trying to uh, complete the workload. Gotcha. So, so you did, you know, you, know, you did, you did work on that. How long were you in that role for in that position? If you mind uh, me asking. Well, my, my last role, the deputy chief, uh, and really it was kind of like a, I mean, if you compare it to like New York city, um, yep. we have all these precincts. Um, so we have 37 organizations across the country. Um, I was, I was in that role for four years. Wow. What was different between the beginning compared to the end? What changed? So, so the beginning, um, of course, you know, moving up the ranks, um, when, when I took on this role, I said, I made a promise. Um, when, you know, I, I have a good reputation that if I promise something, I'm going to follow through. Uh, so I, I was one of those, we'll say precinct commanders, um, that was complaining to the headquarters, Hey, this is what we need. We, you know, we're having problems doing this, we're having problems doing this, um, uh, and didn't really see much, um, forward progress. So then when I, you know, was put into the, the role, um, you know, I saw why, you know, there's a lot of bureaucracy, um, there's limited funding. Uh, but I, I'm kind of one of those guys that said, you know, there, there's a way it's going to happen. We, we, we find it. a way you can always find a way to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I would brief our senior leaders, um, on multiple occasions and it was kind of like, I already had my, uh, notes cause it was the same notes every time. And eventually they caved and we got our stuff. <laughs> so. So, okay, cool. So you got into that role, you made that promise and you got your stuff. And what do you think changed between when you first got into that role compared to when you, you know, you got to that stage of being burned on it. And then obviously you ended up retiring. What changed over that time to cause you to get to that burnout? Do you think? I think just the, the constant, um, the workload, the, um, there's, there was always something we needed to fight for and, mm. um, it never stopped. And then of course COVID hit so that all these rules came down about COVID and travel. And, you know, when you're, um, sending your, your law enforcement to other locations, well, there, now there's different requirements and then there's, um, you know, the, um, quarantine periods, uh, things that you have to um, take take into effect or um, consideration. So um, just a, a lot of moving parts. And then, um, you know, I don't want to get into too deep so that I um, give out the secrets or anything. But <laughs> <laughs> I know how it is. I know how it is. You can't give out all the all the hidden secrets of everything. No. Okay. So what I'm what I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing is that obviously you got into that role. Pre, you know, pre-COVID, what, a year and a half, two years before COVID, year and a bit before COVID, yeah. would it have been? Yes. Yeah. Right. During that time, was things were things moving along, doing pretty well? 
did you feel like you know in your position you were able to actually get things done obviously you're always fighting for stuff at that level you you're constantly fighting for things it was it was slow it was a slow uh, process however we were able to move some things forward um covid really put a damper on things because covid became the sole focus um how to how are we gonna have our law enforcement show up how are how are you know do they have the needed materials uh the the ppe um you know their their gloves their masks their you know whatever protective gear they need um and then of course i believe it was the health uh services administration or rather called um had sold dibs on all medical supplies so if you needed gloves well you can hope that you can get some allocated to you yeah 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 no i i yeah i get it uh, so then COVID hit do you believe that if COVID hadn't hit you would have burned out when you did uh that, that's a good question um maybe maybe not um it, it just you know there was always a workload and um you know as in my position I was always there and I always, um, you know, I was always brought up that if your boss is in the office, you're in the office there to help him or her. Uh, so if my boss stayed late, I stayed late because I wanted to make sure that they were successful. Um, so it, it's, it's hard to say, uh, but probably, I, I would say probably, you know, just, just with the way that um, things were going, uh, the amount of work, um, but you know that I will say that we got a lot done. Yeah. No, you know, at that level, it sounds like, you know, you're a go-getter and you know, you, you don't take no for an answer. So just keep, you keep going for it. Hindsight's obviously a great thing because we can think back, but we also learn a lot through the process. I mean, you've got 26, 26 years in some sort of law enforcement capacity uh, yeah. in some way or another. And, you know, with military and, and, and Air Force and that, what would you say moving forward? Obviously, we can't change the past, but moving forward, what would you, what, what ideas would you have to help change that so that the next person who takes your role or the people below, you know, that you were leading don't burn out? What are some key things that you think could change in the leadership, could change in the policies, could change in any of it, if you're open to talking about it? So, uh, you know, first first of all, uh, self-care. Um, mm -hmm. Got to take care of yourself. And what I found myself doing, uh, I took care of the mission. I took care of the people. I was last. I was always last. And it was kind of something that instilled in, into me when I was in the Army. Like, officers always eat last. Officers always, you know, make sure that the enlisted are taken care of, and then they're taken care of. Um, but I took it to the extreme. <laughs> the old, so, the old, the captain stays with his ship until the last person's off of it. Kind of, yes, you know, mindset. Yes, exactly. So uh, I made sure things were running. Uh, we, we, meetings were covered. Um, you know, people had someone to talk to in person. Uh, and then, you know, next thing you know, it's seven, eight o'clock at night. Um, and then, you know, I have to go home to my family, um, <laughs> which, you know, uh, you know, this led to my second divorce too. Uh, mm -hmm. so, uh, I mean, I, I just wasn't there for them because I was always, uh, at work. Yeah. 
So I know, uh, I know, but, like you, you, you know, you, you said self care. Sorry to interrupt real quick. You said self care. Um, obviously, it's a huge buzzword at the moment, running around like everywhere. Um, yes. And then you know, I've talked to people. Yeah, that you know, I've had people in my trainings and that. It's like you just don't get it. You can, you can't do it at this level. What would you say to those people? So, so here's what I've learned recently. Now that I'm retired, I went to uh, one of my previous organizations. You know, thinking, hey, you know, I used to be in charge of this place, and I um, I did a lot of great things, and I walked in there. A lot of new faces. Nobody knew who I was. Um, you know, so when you when when I look back to think about all the hours I worked, all the you know days off that I worked, and then you know just a few years later, so many people don't even know who I am. Um, I should have taken better care of myself because um, that workload is always going to be there. It, it never goes away. And um, as long as you do your best, that, that should be good enough. Uh, because when you leave that organization, they're replacing you, uh, you know, with anybody, really. Um, they have to. And, <laughs> the workload is still there. <laughs> law enforcement military right now, it's, you know, warm body in the seat and it's covered. Yeah. So. So thinking to that from like a performance, you know, preventing burnout, because I'm all about that prevention side of stuff, you know, for somebody that, you know, is, is in there, they're doing like you were, they're grinding, they're pushing hard and then they hear, okay, I need to take care of myself. What would you tell them in the way of how to do that? How to take care see. of themselves when there's all that pressure of, you know, there's all that workload pressure and also why they should do it, like what it's going to create for their career as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so first I would say schedule it, schedule mm -hmm. that self-care during the day. Um, you know, in, in the military, of course, you know, we have fitness tests and stuff. Um, um, and of course, you know, I didn't do as well as others because others were actually doing self-care. Um, <laughs> but so. <laughs> whatever uh, so uh, I would say definitely schedule it make sure that nothing interrupts that you know un unfortunately for me there's a lot of meetings that would just pop up last minute um, you know like really like hey wh what are you doing the general just called a meeting or, or whatever uh, so it would be you know gotta go <laughs> yeah thought yep. um, about leaving a couple times but uh, probably wouldn't have worked out well for me. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but I, but I think that you have to think about the future um, or you want to keep your, your health in check because you want to live longer. You want to collect that pension um, and you want to be around for your family. Hmm. How do you think performance, if you had taken, obviously you performed really well, you wouldn't have got to the levels that you did if you hadn't from, you know, pushing and grinding really hard. How do you think that performance would have laid out uh, if you had actually taken more self-care? Uh, I think my stress may have decreased a little bit. Um, just being out of the office for hour, hour and a half, um, you know, going, going on a run or something. Um, 
you know, just de-stressing, getting away from, from the office and actually working out. Um, I, I think it would have probably improved my performance and also uh, allowed others to step up and, and handle yeah. last minute things that might pop up while I was out of the office. I think that's a key thing there is a lot of people and tell me if this was, it sounds possibly like, you know, you had some of that in there in yourself, which there's nothing wrong with it. You got stuff done, but that, you know, like you said, people didn't step up. A lot of people that I've talked to and interviewed and coached, it's that oh, I, I need to do it because I'll do it better. Or I need to do it because there's nobody else that can do it. When, like you just said, if you had been out of the office and there was no other option, somebody would have had to step up and actually learn from it and actually right. done it. Do you believe that that's something that should be that's essential for um, the like the leadership to actually you know remind themselves of? Oh yeah, yeah, and and in fact, um, you know, as, as a leader, um, I, I had some great teams, um, some teams that I knew their strengths, I knew their weaknesses, I knew how to not um, overburden them. Um, and, and I tried to always take care of them. So, so I knew if, if they worked a day off, then I wanted to give them another day off somewhere, uh, fit it in somewhere so they can spend you know time decompressing or spend time with their family. Uh, I was not one of those guys that were like, hey, you're in the military, you're, we got you 24 uh, seven. No, no, because burnout. <laughs> yep. Uh, so uh, yeah, I was, I, you know, I, I, had, I had some great teams um, teams that, you know, my, my team members, knowing their strengths and weaknesses, I'm calling them at a moment's notice for, for all kinds of stuff, whether it's, um, a, a budget meeting for, you know, a, another organization, like our parent organization might be, might need somebody, um, on a moment's notice because, you know, their expert called in sick. So I would ask one of my guys, Hey, do you think you can cover this? Uh, and they would do it and they would do it better than the person whose job it was. Um, so we, I don't know if it was a good thing because my organization got called on a lot to <laughs> help others. Well, when you're efficient, uh, when you're efficient and you're productive, you, it, it naturally yeah. happens because people want yeah. the most efficient and fastest thing. You know, they want it done the most efficiently and the fastest. Um, right. But, you know, the, the positive to that was that all their names were well known. And they were looked at as, um, you know, stars uh, for the organization. And, you know, they couldn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Now that, uh, yeah. And so there you go. You know, there, there is the pros with it, you know, pros and the cons of, of all of it. As a person, as a, you know, the, the not at your position, everybody, you know, those, those that are kind of coming up through the ranks in that. What advice would you give to them in order to make sure that one, they don't lose their families, they don't lose their health, they don't lose themselves, but also still perform at that high level so that they can, you know, promote if that's what they want to do. What would your advice be to them? So of course, you know, that, you know, going back to self-care, you got to take care of yourself so that you have that, that energy um, to, to handle everything that's coming at you whether it's family, whether it's work, whether it's, um, you know, personal interests, um, uh, recreation. Um, and then remember, just do your best. Uh, if you do your best, you can't go wrong. Uh, put in your time, 
whether it's you know eight hours or nine hours or whatever it is um you know do your do your workload and then go home and um remember that work will be there tomorrow so no matter what you do today it's still going to be there tomorrow yep it's not going to go away uh How did you, did, did you, well, did you do it well? Uh, did you disconnect well when you like would go home and you'd have those times where you'd be actually away from work or maybe it was just on the vacations that you did it? How, like, did you ever have that kind of disconnect or was it that thing of your, or, I mean, you kind of did mention that you were always kind of turned on. Did you ever have times where you did disconnect? Uh, I think once, uh, for a week, <laughs> uh, <or> maybe, <laughs> I think it was a week, uh, I went to the Bahamas. And, um, yeah, so it was out of the country, but I also had my chief operations was a phenomenal officer and I I had full trust in him to handle things. So, you know, when I was down there, I took it easy, drank the pina coladas, um, gained like 15 (laughs) pounds in that week, you know, just from, I didn't realize how many calories on a pina colada, but (laughs) there's a lot, there's a lot of cream in those. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but I, I'll tell you, it was the most relaxing week I've ever had. Yeah. Obviously, you're retired now. You've learned a lot. You know, we learn by our mistakes, our past, and and looking at it. How would you disconnect better if you had to do it over again? Ah, uh, I'd probably not be a cop. Uh, for a while. <laughs> that wasn't the answer I was looking for there, Randy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, um, it's so hard. Uh, even when I was a, a civilian law enforcement, everywhere I went, it seemed I'd run into people I've dealt with on the job. And, you know, it could be at the mall, um, you know, a, a kid's um, place, wherever. Um, so it was very hard to turn it off. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people go camping, uh, so they kind of go into the, you know, the woods, we'll, we'll just say, and, you know, they get away and yeah. get away from electronics um, and just, you know, decompress there, um, which I, which I think is a great thing. Um, and then uh, you, you have to have a good boss. Um, you know, I've, in, in law enforcement, I've had, I've had a combination, uh, you know, my one of the departments I worked with, I think I had six or seven chiefs in six years. And it, I mean, it was, it was just a constant turnover. So trying to uh, figure out what the leadership was like or what they wanted, um, it was, it was kind of hard. Uh, so, um, you know, just, I, I would say, you know, when you're, when you're not at work, try to be more with your family. Yeah, no, it's so important, you know, running trainings for departments and, and that, uh, on this, it's one of those big things. How do you disconnect when you get home? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the tools that I've recognized works really well is it's called anchoring. And it might be something to be able to pass on to some of the people that you still know that are in law enforcement or, you know, that you used to work with is anchoring. What anchoring is, is it's kind of that it's that, disconnecting so it can be a movement uh it can be a a thought process but normally if you combine the two it actually helps you disconnect a lot more so 
Uh, I know of people and I've trained people like when they unzip their vest or they unvelcro their vest, it's like they're switching, they're, they're changing the persona as such. They're changing out of that um, law enforcement um, role and into the civilian role that has the knowledge of, of law enforcement. So you're not like disconnecting and going, hey, I'm, no, I'm just not going to be law enforcement at all because it won't work. But as I'm, mm-hmm. I'm shifting the, the primary role of who I am. And when you put it back on, it's the shift. It's the, okay, cool. Now I'm the, now I'm the law enforcement officer and a civilian as well. Uh, so you're not losing yourself, but doing stuff like that. A lot of, um, I've heard of a lot of different people training the, when you drive into a certain area, the only problem with that is when you drive into a certain area, when you're off duty, your mind instantly turns you on. <laughs> and so I've just been talking to some law enforcement event, uh, in, in LA and they're like, yeah, when I drive into that area, my wife can physically see a, a change in me when we drive through you know that 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 area because it's where i work i was like yeah that's oh, why you do it at the station or when you walk through the doors or you know you do those kinds of things because it it, it will shift that persona so even as you know as the director kind of level it's that you're not shifting you're not turning it completely off because you can't like you said you're taking phone calls all the time but it can also be a movement or something like even just hitting your chest or just going, you know, just a, a fist pump or how whatever movement is good for you. When that phone rings, you can go, OK, cool, I've got a shift on. And then you have another movement that kind of disconnects you from it. So then afterwards, you're back into, OK, I'm a family man now or I'm a husband. Or I'm, I'm a dad to really kind of help shift that mindset of stuff, because otherwise, yeah, like. I learned this after I left law enforcement. I was like, why didn't I learn that before? Because I, you know, constantly driving around looking for traffic offenses and, you know, criminals and all these different bad people. And, and then mm-hmm. as a protection officer, I started looking for everybody. And so I went down that road of everybody's bad. So, oh my God, like looking at you in a suit, I'd be like, does he have a weapon? Is it? Even when I was off duty and not working, it was, and so it, it, it drains you mentally. Um, that would be like my, big thing so you know i just wanted to pass that on because obviously you were like you know having a good boss and but you know there's a few good things there um but something that's in your actual control um is is essential to be able to find in in my eyes at least right how would you see that working better for you if you had been able to if you had learned that you know say 10 15 20 years ago you know i i think that would have been um very helpful <laughs> um, you know again it, I, I think it is dependent on where you work um, if you're in that small area and you happen to run into you know people that you have to deal with on a daily basis uh, might not be good um, you know I've I've lived in the neighborhood where I could just walk to a couple of my calls uh, you know just park my car at my house and just wait for the call to come in and you know, go to this domestic or go to this, uh, you know, problem. Uh, luckily, um, you know, we had a mutual respect um, yeah. and they didn't bug me um, off duty or, or but um, I could see in some cases that um, it, it can affect you, um, you know, depending on where you live and, and where you shop. And, um, and there's, there's always a threat out there somewhere. Uh, you just yep. never, never know what's going to hit. It's also on that threat thing, um, because I used to live where I worked as well. Um, I literally mm-hmm. at one stage was um, less than a mile from the police station is where I lived. And um, 
one you know with that the you know the threats always being out there they'll always be out there if you look for them Mm -hmm. and again that thing of you don't turn it off but it's that you rely and i it took me ages to learn this after i left you rely on the training instead of trying to force the training yes so it's like oh yeah cool oh yes i have locked that guy up before okay cool i'll just keep an eye on him i'm not gonna go like approach him and be like oh my god i'm the, you know because he might not even know that i'm here he might not even recognize me exactly. i'm gonna keep an eye on him until he's out of my vicinity mm-hmm. and you know just out of the peripheral and just kind of but i'm not gonna be like oh my god i'm gonna take this guy on yeah. different approaches relying on training versus i'm forcing the, the aspect um moving on from that why i'm i'm always fascinated by people's purpose and why like why they do what they do why they got into law enforcement why they stayed in it for so long what would you say your why is randy that drives you i i think um you know from my experience at least uh, a, a lot of law enforcement get into it to help people um and and to fight crime um what I, what I really like is receiving the thank yous, um, receiving the, um, uh, you know, just, just seeing the lives that you've saved, um, whether directly or indirectly, when, when you get that gun off the street and that's, you know, one less shooting or, or maybe multiple shootings that aren't going to happen. Um, or when you stop that person from committing suicide, um, or you know, just other other folks who you've helped along the way that say, "Hey, thank you. I've turned my life around. Um, I'm I'm doing very well." Um, you know, or or even employees where you know they uh, were kind of lost on what to do with their careers, and you helped them. And they, you know, some got out of law enforcement, some stayed in law enforcement, and you know, whichever path they took, they still excelled. And, and became leaders in, you know, their own way. That um, that contribution side, being able to contribute to the greater good. Yes. Yeah. Nah. Yep. Do you think a lot of law enforcement get in to contribute, or do you think there's other reasons why they do it? You know, um, I I think for some it's a paycheck. Um, yeah. I, I've kind of seen some of that. Um, even though it's not a good paycheck, it's still a a paycheck <laughs> pretty secure one these days yeah. it's getting debatable yeah. but it's pretty secure one yeah. normally unless you do something stupid yeah. you know if you're if you're not in a bad area um and you can you know hang out i mean you can have a, a pretty easy paycheck coming in uh, but if you're in a, a busier area uh you know where i when i started my career i was in a busier area um, I, you know i can run call to call the whole shift um or you know uh, I, I moved to a different department in a nicer area and we we're lucky to get one call shift. So it's, it's what you make it. Uh, so, you know, run traffic or, uh, you know, make your own work. Um, I, I would stop at all the convenience stores that were open, especially um, as it you know, got dark, uh, make sure the employees are safe. And I, I felt that I prevented some robberies uh, just by showing a presence. Uh, in fact, I had someone at one point say, man, 
it, it was like you were everywhere. I would see you on one corner, then I would see you on another corner. I'm like, I'm just doing like, you know, figure eights or uh, just just driving around, you know, making making it known that we're there are police around. <laughs> yeah. Again, that contr- that contributing side. So no, I love that. You know, and there is some there. I remember when I was in law enforcement, you know, on the street, still on front line. This we're going back, you know, ten years now. Uh, but I remember the bosses saying, you know, just drive around areas, even if the noting you're like this this area doesn't need us in the area. Just by driving a patrol car through the area can stop crime for your entire shift. Because mm-hmm. if the if a perp see is in the area, you know, maybe they're scouting for burglaries, maybe they'll see a patrol car. And even though you're just driving through the area and you're gone within seconds, in their head, psyche-wise, it goes, Oh, cops are in the area. I'm, and, and it'll prevent something from happening like for like the next eight hours. And, and I, so, I, I saw that technique down in uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico. Uh, I said, man, there must be a lot of crime down here. There's, you know, police driving around with lights everywhere. And they're like, no, it's just, they're just driving around. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of showing a presence. And... <laughs> well, it's like Hawaii. Hawaii is required to have their blue, their solid blue lights on constantly oh, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. to show again for, for presence side of stuff. Obviously it makes it so you can't do any kind of, you know, sneaky squirrel stuff, but um, right. you know, it does, it creates that presence. But again, like here in New Zealand, we're two up cars here in Auckland. And so there was a talk for a while, um, of trial and going to like the United States where you're one up cars and you send two cars to every, to every job, just again, increase the presence of how many people we don't have the cars to be able to do it. But, yeah. um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, they didn't want to do that expense. Uh, but yeah, there is, there is stuff out there and you know, that just that contributing side is, is amazing. What would you say to somebody who's struggling? Maybe they thought they knew their why they knew why they joined the job. Maybe it was the helping people, but they feel lost and they don't know how to get back into connecting to that. Why, what would you, what would you say to them, um, around that? You know, I'd say, um, so, so a lot of people are scared to do it, but, um, you know, there's plenty of mental health resources out there, um, like a counselor, you know, if, if you're afraid to talk to your family or your coworkers about something, you know, maybe talk to a, uh, a counselor and just have that one-on-one with a, you know, certified counselor just to say, Hey, look, you know, here's, here's what I'm facing or, um, just to get it off your chest. Um, you know, whatever your problem is that you, you feel you have, but, you know, I also say, you know, look in the mirror, be honest with yourself, ask yourself that question. Do you enjoy what you're doing? Um, or is it just a paycheck? Um, and, and if you don't enjoy it, if you know, it's not what you want to do, then start preparing yourself for what you want to do. Uh, and of course, if you don't know what you want to do, then, you know, there's resources out there that can help you, uh, whether it's a, a state, um, uh, unemployment office where they have uh, some job assistance or uh, if you're a veteran you know the VA offers um, some help with uh, retraining um, if you're if you're eligible um, and there's if you on LinkedIn there are so many resources out there uh, you know people that can help you find jobs or uh, it's all about making those connections and um, if you start redoing some research um, you know maybe it'll open your eyes and say you know what I don't want to be a cop anymore. I want to be um, behind a desk uh, in a big office building, you know, with a nice viewer. <laughs> uh, 
you know, something. Or I just but, want less stress. Yes, less stress. <laughs> uh, although I don't know if. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I think it's just it's just kicking the can down the road, to be honest, in some ways, unless you look at it in perspective. You know, I say this all the time. I did uh, insurance advising for a little while uh, and I used to get sent all the complaints because, you know, that people they would end up getting complaints. We didn't get many of them, but you get complaints around. Oh, you know, I thought it was supposed to be this way. And I was this and I thought my premiums weren't supposed to go up and you know all these little kind of petty things normally. And I got sent one one time and the boss was like, man, you dealt with that really well. Like that person was not happy on the phone. And then like they listened back to my recording of, you know, me doing the call. And they're like, man, you were so calm. I was like, and then so they started sending me more and more. And I was like, why are you sending me these? And they're like, because you're so calm on the thing and you get you like you resolve them really easily. It's like you can kind of, you know, see what they need. I was like, one, that's coaching. Uh, But two, I was like, they're not trying to kill me. Yep. I was like. They don't have a gun to my face. They're on the other side of the phone. I can hang up on them if I want to. If they're really pissed me off, I can just hang up on them and call them back and be like, are you done now? <laughs> um, because I was like, it's all perspective. You know, they're not trying to kill me. They don't have a gun. They don't have a knife. They're not trying to beat me up. Yeah. I've been in those all those situations. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it and it is that it is that perspective of 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 looking at that, you know, as you said, you know, the transitioning out. Um is really making sure that trans that that perspective of of why and what you're looking for and also realizing what you're leaving and why you're leaving it right. um i talked to a lot of officers who leave in my opinion for the wrong reasons they leave because they're pissed off they leave because they're annoyed that society doesn't care about them or that the, this thing's going on and they're really bad reasons to leave um you know because then it takes a lot of work to figure out, well, why did I actually leave? Like when you're down the road and you know, you've, you've moved, you thought about different stuff and then you go, Oh, maybe I'll go back to the place. Well, if you never dealt with stuff of the reason why you left the place, when you go back, guess what? It's just always there. So you hear a lot of cops going back a year later after they leave. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you are really clear on why you're leaving, uh, and what you want out of the next role, then you're actually a lot more, um, clear and happy in that decision. Um, so yeah, no, I love, I love your, your thoughts on the, uh, you know, finding that why and finding that purpose, because if you've lost it, you can find it again. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. What would you say the impact of the trauma of the job is on affecting like coming out, like turning into burnout? Um, it's, it's there. Um, you know, I, you know, been on a lot of calls, um, seen a lot of stuff. Um, you know, I, I'll never forget, you know, some of the, um, you know, the death stairs or, you know, the bodies or, um, but, but I also remember the people that, um, we brought back from doing CPR or, um, so, you know, I, I try to outweigh the, the negative parts with the positive and, you know, work that into my thoughts when I'm, when I'm thinking about, you know, some of the, um, you know, the bad calls. Um, but you know, that, that, that PTS, um, you know, there's, there's so, so many resources out there. And of course, um, I'm sure you're familiar with Michael, uh, Sugru. Um, 
uh, who's a uh, you know, former law enforcement and also Air Force Security Forces guy who um, was involved in a book. Um, shoot, I think it's like Relentless Courage. Um, and, I, and I have that book. Uh, there, there's so many resources um, that, that can help people to you know, deal with, with these emotions and, and, and just get through it. Um, it's hard. Um, you know, I've, I've dealt with it. Um, but, uh, I've, I've had a lot of, uh, I have a good network. I have hmm. friends and family. I, some of my old bosses, though, my one boss, um, every so often he sends me a text status check. So I'm like, Hey, all good here, sir. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so, and then I'll leave it it'll lead into a conversation about, you know, this or that, but, um, you know, people, people check up on me and I also check up on, on others, but I'm, I'm very lucky to have that network. Um, and of course, um, you know, now that I'm back here in Pennsylvania, um, I'm near family and, uh, I'm doing a lot of family things. Uh, so that, that helps out too, because it, it, you know, there's purpose with that. No, I think you hit a you hit a big one on the head there. That network, you know, mm-hmm. creating a network or having a network. There's tons of networks out there. I really like to promote um, Power of a Story because um, I jumped onto them, and you can just sit there and have a conversation with other first responders, people that have gone through stuff. You can tell your story if you so choose, or you can just listen. Um, but it gives you that other that sense of purpose, that that sense of oh wait a second, I'm not alone as well. Other people right. are going through this. And that trauma, that trauma creeps up on you, man. It creeps up without you even knowing that it's there if you don't process it. How did you, or did you, process your trauma back in the beginning? Uh, so, you know, again, I go back to the um, network. Um, so when, um, you know, I, I started feeling the emotions uh, coming up, but, you know, anger. Um, and I... I called, I phoned a friend. I said, Hey, I, I need to see you right now. And, uh, we were both at work and he came right away. Uh, we talked and I felt, I felt so much better. Uh, cause we had a, we had like experiences. Um, mm. you know, he was in Iraq. I was in Afghanistan. Um, you know, we all, we both saw similar stuff. Um, and you know, just, just having that, Anytime that you feel like you're going to explode or lose it, um, just having that that contact, that that network, uh, to be able to call somebody and just talk it out, um, you know, it, it it helps so much. And I and I think it's undervalued, um, where people are just either embarrassed or scared uh, to talk about it. Yeah, uh, I mean, we all go through something. What's your thoughts on the fact of the different levels of trauma or what we perceive as trauma um, or, you know, we're told as trauma versus what somebody else perceives or is told as trauma? Uh, so I, I think everybody's life experiences are different. Um, so, you know, if you grow up in a, in a certain area, you see certain things. Uh, but if you grow up in, you know, I don't know, Beverly Hills. I've never been to Beverly Hills, but I, you know, <laughs> news makes it sound like it's this plush place, you know, nothing yeah. ever that happening, but <laughs> I'm not sure if that's the case, but, um, you know, when, when you, when you throw in life experiences, um, life kind of sets you up for how much you can handle. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I grew up, it wasn't a horrible area, but it wasn't a great area. And it was in the city. And I, I can say now, uh, you don't want to go where I used to live. <laughs> uh, Gotten but, worse, not better. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that we, we do a lot of coddling now. Um, so we're, we're not setting up our um, future generations for success when it comes to handling uh, crisis or trauma or, um, you know, bad things happening. Um, mm. You know, we're, we're setting them up to panic. And, you know, it's the, really it's the first responders. They're going to go and uh, calm everything down, um, save their lives. But then, you know, now we're back to how do the first responders handle what they've just been through. And, yeah. um, you know, it, you know, again, I think it's the, the, the experience level of the first responders also, you know, are they, are they rookies? Are they, um, 20 year veterans? Um, are they in a nice area? Are they in a bad area? Um, it, it just, there's, there's so many, um, so, so much, so many different, uh, criteria to look at. Um, very hard to, to say, you know, how, how we can really fix that other than putting everybody through mandatory trauma training or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess that is the kind of thing. It's, I was going to ask that question. How do you think that we, you know, we set these officers, you know, military police, first responders up to help prevent the trauma really, you know, knocking them all because society's doing what society's doing and we can't change, you know, we can't necessarily change that, but we can help the, that, that, that career. Is there any tips or tools that you would recommend for those future or, you know, new um, law enforcement or military um, to help prepare themselves for the level of trauma that they're going to see? Because we know out of studies and that, that, you know, uh, law enforcement see 18 times as much trauma as a civilian will, you know, in their first year as a civilian will their entire life. Um, so how do, how do you think after your, you know, long and successful career, we prepare them for that? You know, I, I think it's, um, you know, some departments are now, um, doing better at that. So I, I think you did a presentation for Aurora PD, uh, yeah. and I, I follow uh, Captain Moody on LinkedIn, and I see the investment that they're making into training and taking care of their officers. And I, and I think that is, you know, they're they're kind of leading the way from what I can see. Uh, now I don't follow follow all departments, but I know that a lot of departments can't afford uh, to have this training or or whatever. And I, and I can tell you for the for the can I put this? Some of the some of the training I've gone through um, has been a lot of a lot of it's been virtual, and it, it's kind of you know there's a script. Uh, so the the in person portion, people read off a script, say okay, everybody good, all right, see ya, see you next year, uh, and it's it's horrible horrible training, and they wonder why. Um, bad things continue to happen with, with their personnel. Um, so I, I, I really believe that, um, you know, from what I've seen, Aurora PD is, is kind of out, out front 
um, you know, taking care of their officers. Um, and, you know, don't take that. I hope, hope no other police department uh, gets mad at me for saying that, but, but it's what I, what I've seen so far that they're, they're doing a good job at, yeah. you know, getting the training out there. Yeah, no, they're bringing a lot in uh, since Randy and I would become, you know, friends as such as well. Um, they're doing a lot of different trainings for their for their officers, kind of trialing different things out and running running lots of different stuff through. I know Pinal County Sheriff. I ran one, uh, ran a training for them as well for um, Sheriff Lamb uh, and and their executive team. Uh, and then yeah, there's a few good departments out there that are doing a lot of good stuff. Um, but I love the fact that you said you know giving people that resiliency training that the different tools on how to on how to prevent it um, is is essential. Randy, Randy, anything else that you'd like to add or advice that you'd like to give for listeners and viewers? Uh, you know, just remember that the job is not the mo most important thing in your life. It, it's important to feed your family, but, you know, family is part of that. And make sure you're taking care of your family. Make, make sure that you're keeping your uh, contacts close. Uh, you know, don't, you know, blow off a friend for six years and then call him out of the blue. Oh, hey, I'm ready to talk again. Uh, you know, that's, that's what I do. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, friends and family are very important. And they'll, you know, they're always going to be there for you. Whereas the job, you know, once you're done with the job, job is done with you. So yeah. just keep that in mind that they're not going to know you, you know, five years after you leave the job, there'll probably be so many new faces that, you're, you're just a somebody who used to work there and you know that that old retiree that is bothering them now so <laughs> it's funny it's it, it's it's sadly it's sadly true you know there's certain people that will stick around and and they're the yeah. you know and the, well, that you know that will be there always and be there for you and that and and then there's the ones that you know yeah they just kind of oh yeah he he, he was he used to work here you know years ago um oh, yeah. And yeah, it's, um, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting culture. Um, well, thank you, Randall for, you know, Randy for being here. I appreciate all your service, your time, your everything that you've given, obviously, you know, if there's anything that we can do, or if, if there's any viewers out there that are like, Hey, wait a second, you know, have a look at Randy's LinkedIn. We'll put his LinkedIn link down in the description as well. Uh, so people can go have a look at, at Randy's LinkedIn. If you want to, you know, look at him or you're like, hey, wait a second, I need somebody like Randy on my team, then, you know, please do reach out to him. Uh, I know that he'll he'll message you back on LinkedIn. Uh, how else can people get in touch with you or how else would you like people to get in touch with you, Randy, if they so choose? Or maybe they want to touch base. They want to talk to you. You know, they resonated with you, with you and they want to talk to you or they just want to reach out and have that, you know, that status check um, with you. Uh, how what's the best way for people to get in touch that you'd like? I, I believe my email is on my LinkedIn also, but uh, uh, just in case, uh, it's uh, rpg2228 uh, at yahoo.com. Cool. Perfect. So we will, we'll put that down below as well. Um, and yeah, at worst, just reach out to Randy. He's really quick on getting back on his messages. That's how he ended up here. I reached out to him and was like, hey, Randy, you want to be on a podcast? And he was like, never been on one but yeah cool let's do it uh yeah, and so I'm retired. I one better to do so. <laughs> besides spend time with your grandkids uh but yeah. um but no i appreciate you being here randy uh it's been an honor it's been a privilege um and yeah you a lot of insights a lot of good 
things for people out of, you know, somebody who's been doing, who did the job for 26 years, burned out and decided to leave. And, you know, there's lots of learnings there. And that's why we do this podcast is to take your experiences or take, you know, guest experiences and, and, and teach because people resonate with people in different ways. Before we close out, any last words, Randy? Uh, no, I just uh, thank you for everything that you do. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's much, much needed, uh, much too late, but uh, hopefully we're starting something good out there. And, uh, you know, people like you are, are really making a difference. So, so thank you. Thank, thank you for that, Randy. I appreciate the kind words. Uh, so again, this is Fight the Burnout, where we teach and we interview uh, individuals uh, on burnout and trauma and how to prevent it, how to overcome it so that, you know, you can love what you do after 20 plus years, uh, like it was day one. Uh, if you are looking for more assistance, please do either email us or go to our website. It's createfromwhy.com. That's createfromwhy.com or createfromwhy.com. Uh, at gmail.com and you can you know reach out to us we'll put you in touch with people if we can't help you ourselves or if you just need to have a conversation we're always here for it uh, but remember train hard test easy and uh, stay safe out there love to you all